welcome to the Taney Love Church Podcast. Our desire is to gather, train, and send those who are called to the kingdom. We hope this message inspires, uplifts, and equips you to fulfill the call that God has placed in your life. Thanks again. God bless. I'm excited to be here right now. This is the most important message that you haven't heard yet in your entire life. I'm serious. Ben's excited. Um, Oh, man. God is so good. He's so faithful. Um, So I I think I recognize most everybody here. But um, I want to encourage you. And those watching online that aren't here, where is the camera? It's right there? Yeah. You need to come out tonight. You need healing in your body. You need to come out tonight. You need a miracle. You need to come out tonight. If you know somebody that needs to receive something from the Lord, needs a touch from the Lord, you need to bring them. Invite them. And what I'm going to share today, um, I'm hoping, I'm believing that you'll just get a little bit more insight and a little bit more zeal for the very thing that we carry, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. You know what I'm realizing uh, in the last couple of years is, um, first of all, all things that are made are made through Jesus. I feel weird not having a mic right now because I'm not used to it, but I mean, I guess I can just use these arms, you know? So... uh, you know, if I start flailing, mm, do I look all right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, everything that was made was made through and by Jesus. That's First John. And so uh, they're, 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 nobody's excluded. Every man, woman, child, they're, they're, they were made through Jesus. If, if somebody doesn't exist, Jesus didn't make them. What's wrong with my mic? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm challenged with a handheld. I'm challenged with a lapel. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Can we just get a boom mic? Yeah. Try that. Hello? Yeah. All right. Is that good? Yeah, yeah so much better. Uh, Christianity is not a... It's not a white man's religion. Right. It's not a black man's religion. Right. The, the Christian faith, it's, it shows no partiality. And so what comes with the Christian faith, the church needs to hear this, it shows no partiality. What God does for one, he'll do for another. So uh, the more and more that you know, we you know, stay with the ministry that the Lord has called us to. And there's different streams. Not not, not everybody functions in the same stream. The important thing is to decipher what the believer will do, which is anybody who's called on the name of Jesus. And then, and what is your place in it? What is your position in the body of Christ? And do you know? 
Do you know what your and what is your place in it? What is your position in the body of Christ? And do you know? Do you know what your of Christ? And do you know? Do you know what your place is in the body of Christ? That is, in my opinion, that's the most important thing that you can find out. Because you'll never be fulfilled unless you're accomplishing the thing that God willed you to do for your life. Why? Because it glorifies Him. That's why we're created. It's worship. That's the great exchange. When you lay down your life and your wants and say, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. I am going to answer the call of God that's on my life. It's not, this is like 10% of what a minister would maybe do is speak. Unless, you know, you're holding revival and then, you know, it might be 80% of your week, you know? We are epistles. That's what the scripture says. But what are, you, what, what are you conveying to the world that you're in? Are you conveying the glory of God? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what people are supposed to see. They're supposed to see it in you and I. Um, ministry gifts. Uh, pe- people that are endowed with certain things. Uh, it's not entitled but in power. So I could use the same analogy with a basketball player. Anybody could, could walk in off the street, right? Oh, say, uh, I play basketball. Anybody want to play hoops? Yeah, maybe after the service, but just because he says he plays basketball doesn't mean that he's a basketball player. It would be in the demonstration of the power on the court. Right. So any ministry gift, anybody that says whatever they are, it's not just in a title. Anybody can title themselves anything. It's in the demonstrated power. It's what they have been given or what they possess. And so the only way that you can find out what it is that you've been called to do, what your anointing is, it cannot be taught by man. This is found in the epistle of John, the first one. Chapter 2. You can read the whole chapter, but specifically in verse 27. You can't anoint yourself. You can't anoint other people. Now, you can, you, you can have hands laid on you and, and be separated into your call. You can identify gift sets. You can identify if a young man uh, probably should maybe try out for the basketball team or, eh, man, let's maybe try something else. You know what I'm saying? Don't frustrate people's graces. But at the same time, don't tell people what they can and cannot do. Because you never know what's going to happen in the, within the next year. They might get cut from the basketball team their freshman year, and then all of a sudden, their name's Michael Jordan. You see what I'm saying? I, I feel like this happens a lot in the body of Christ, where everybody has such an opinion and then once you finally grow up a little bit and you realize that everybody does have an opinion, it's like, I'm not doing what you are, say that I should do. Right. There's this thing in my heart, and there's this power source that I think the, the Scripture calls it an anointing on my life. Right. And I'm starting to see it when I'm not around everybody. Because that's when God starts to test you. Your gift will prove you out right. in demonstration. 
But how do you discover that? I'm glad that you asked. All right. Turn to, um, and just hold your place there, but this is the first place we're going to go. Mark, no, Matthew, chapter 28. I'm going to parallel some things here for you this morning. Here's what the Lord's doing on the earth right now. It's the same thing that that he's been doing since Jesus was resurrected. Do I have water up here? Oh, uh, thank you, sir. Always packing. (laughs) No pun intended. Sorry for those that aren't here. You should have been here. And then you would know what I meant. All right. Okay. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) All right. Uh, The Lord is doing the same thing that he was doing since... Jesus was resurrected. He's building his church. I mean the one that the gates of hell won't prevail against. Because not every establishment that says church is preaching Jesus. Even if they say they're preaching Jesus, it could be what the Bible says, another Jesus. Those other Jesuses don't comply with what's in this word. You have to be able to discern what that looks like. There are a few scriptures that I've discovered over the years that I think that people have never read, or if you tell them, they just don't believe you. Like, don't think that I've come to bring peace, but a sword. From, for from now on, uh, I'll, I'll create division in houses. A house of five, three will be against two, two against three. Uh, uh, Father will be against son, son against father. Mother against daughter, daughter against mother. And mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, I guess uh, son-in-laws and father-in-laws are off the hook on that one. But anyway, (laughs) it does does just use those three examples. But but the the, the, the point is this is, if you read other scripture, Jesus says, anything that you place above me, then you have nothing to do with me. He's first place. And I, I, I sincerely believe this with all of my heart. It is the very power source when you don't reason with sin. Now, the hardest thing to do is when you have a family member or somebody that you love for years, decades, you know, and they say something like, uh, I'm going to live this lifestyle, and it's contrary to the word, and you know it, they know it, God knows it, the devil knows it. But they say it anyway. And you want to go up here and start to reason, like, what, what is this? Because you love that person. But people are challenged with this. Um, if you see these types of things, there's no fellowship. Even if it's your child. You don't bring it home. We don't do that here. We don't do that here. Um, I feel like I want to do Macho Man Randy Savage because I've been (laughs) doing that a lot lately, playing video games with Cash. And um, (laughs) my buddies, they get a kick out of it. 
And um, I don't want to get off topic, but our washer broke. <laughs> and this will be good. Our washer broke. And Courtney's like, I don't know why, but she waited till about 7.30. She's like, I'm going to run down to the laundromat. I'm like, nah, I don't go this late. So me and Cash were gaming. It's like on a Sunday night. I'm like, don't go this late. She's like, ah, I just want to get caught up. Um, I couldn't get the part for it because it, you had to go to the special store and they closed at 12 on Saturday, so it was too late. It was Sunday night. Anyway, this part was a little belt that was shredded and we didn't get it fixed. So she calls me and she's like, hey, come down here. And I pull in there and I'm like thinking that I'm going to act like Macho Man Randy Savage and coming <laughs> off the, I'm like talking like him and saying, I'm coming off that top, whatever. And Anyway, that was a squirrel. Back to the message. <laughs> it has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I just, I, I didn't even finish it. Well, there was a guy, and she was saying, I feel uncomfortable, and it was like, all right, well, Jesus trumps everything, you know. But, um, yeah, it was, it was just, just forget all of that. Can you <laughs> take that off, cut that out of this teaching? Because it means nothing. Um, anyway, <laughs> so when you can't reason with sin, and that's, that's what people do when loved ones, um, and this is where I'm getting to this point, where your power source remains when you stay with the Lord Jesus over everything. Because when there's, when, when there's breach of fellowship, you know, with certain relationships, loved ones. I mean, parents, siblings, children, parents. No, I'm not doing that. I can't fellowship with you. Well, Jesus is love. Yes, he is. Well, he accepts everybody. He does. He does accept everybody. However, he also says, don't fellowship with anybody that calls themselves a brother and lives this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. He says, don't even have a meal with them. There is no fellowship. It's cut. But that's their decision. But if you stay up here and you reason with it, it's going to creep in. If you stay here and here, no, no, no. I, I'm choosing Jesus. I believe that a lot of people have lost their power source to actually retain the people that maybe walk a little bit, get a little rabbit in their blood. that when you break fellowship, when you stand firm on the word and you're the only one, when hell starts to break down around them, all around them, and start chaos in their life, because if they're choosing an alternative lifestyle to the truth, which they've already had, they're opening themselves up for destruction. Who are they going to go to when all that starts to happen? If you've reasoned with them and welcomed it in, you're out. You ain't going to help them. You're not going to have the faith to help them. Because you've already catered to what their feelings were. Stop looking at me like... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I know you guys are retaining this. Hey, listen, Jesus, um, this, is, this is what's happening, okay? Jesus, let, let, let's look at what happened when Jesus was here. He gathered 12 ordinary guys. 
he spent approximately three and a half years with these, with these guys. Just ordinary. He made them extraordinary. Now, one fell away, he was replaced. These are foundational men that said, I am going to nestle myself into the cornerstone of truth. So much so that all but one died because they would not deny the truth. And the one that didn't was exiled to an island because they just wanted to get rid of them. They thought that they could stop what Jesus commissioned the church, which the gates of hell shouldn't prevail against. They, they, they thought that they could stop it, but they couldn't. And they still haven't. If you're born again in this place, let me, let me just hear you say amen or something. Because you're on the right side. She's with me. She's like, tell him, Pastor. Here's the thing about these men, too. When, when people saw them, they saw ordinary, untrained, uneducated men. But, and this is a big but, they could tell that they had been with Jesus. Can people tell that you've been with Jesus? Can they? How can they tell? The, the Great Commission, this is what we're going to look at. Matthew 28, are you there? Yes. Now, I see Jesus give two commissions. This is after death, burial, resurrection. He revealed himself for 40 days, and then he was caught up into heaven. Before he left, this is Matthew's account of what he said. Okay? Verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. At the right hand of the Father. That was Matthew's account. The Great Commission is to go into all the nations, make disciples. What is a disciple? It's one that follows after somebody. In this case, it would be the Lord Jesus Christ, God, right. our Creator. Right. Nothing that was made was made except through and by Jesus. Mark. Let's look at Mark's account real quick. Mark chapter 16. Okay. Verse 15. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. That word baptized there, that's referring to one baptism. That's salvation. That's being born again. Being immersed into the body of Christ. So some people will be like, I never got water baptized. I got it. You know, no, that's not. It's talking about being immersed into the body of Christ. So if, you, if somebody passed away before they got water baptized, they're, they're in heaven. I mean, look at the guy on the cross with Jesus even, right? Uh, 
but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who are ministers. Those who are the original apostles of the Lamb that are sitting on the thrones. I'm just making up a few sentences, Sue. For context and effect, as Elijah would say. No, 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 that's not what it says. It says those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Uh, verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. The word them is italicized means it's not in the original manuscript, but let's just keep it there for a second. Working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So they went out and they started doing all this stuff. Well, the other, the other commission, Matthew's account, was going to the nations, make disciples. Mark's account is go preach and do the works of Jesus. But listen to verse 20. Let's read it without the word them there. And they went out and preached everywhere, the, the Lord working with and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. What does the Lord work with? He works with the word. So if you have a believer that is presenting not them, not their ideas, not their opinions, if you have a believer that is presenting the word, guess what happens? It's accompanied with what they're presenting because he's faithful to his word. Matthew's account, the Great Commission, is to teach people how to become like Jesus. Mark's account is to teach people how to operate like Jesus. Do you see that? Now, we can see this. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. Look at this. And, and then I'm going to get to the, the meat of this teaching. Galatians chapter 5, 22. It says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. That's nine things that are listed there. This is the character and nature of Jesus. When life squeezes you, what comes out of you? Are you patient? Are you, do you hold your peace? Do you keep your joy? Do you have self-control? Have you stopped giving birds away on the highway? Thank you, Courtney, for starting that laugh. You know what I'm saying? This is the nature of This is the, the, the picture of a disciple. You look, you, you present yourself, you become like the master, Jesus. Now, that's a group of nine. Go to 1 Corinthians. 
and now we're going to get into the teaching here. So we got what? We still got another two hours. Good. All right. I'm kidding. I use that joke all the time, and I love it. Is at least one person laughs. They're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. We're going to be here another two hours? You might be. I mean, you can leave if you want to. I'm done. No, I'm kidding. All right. Uh, so there, there are nine that bear, that it's, Brother Hagen would teach it like this, it's for fruit bearing. It, it, it displays your, your Christ-like nature. But now there's nine gifts or manifestations of the Spirit. That's Holy Spirit as He wills. But these nine gifts that we're going to read through, we're in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to start in verse 7. These nine gifts that we're going to read through, they can come upon any believer for use to keep the body of Christ healthy and to be assigned to the unbeliever. They can come on anybody. And in fact, uh, well, no, we'll get there in a minute. But these are categorically, they're they're broken into three groups of three. Three reveal something, three do something, three say something. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith, that's special faith. That's beyond your faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. That's a prophetic gift. That's not the simplest form of prophecy. That prophecy right there would be uh, an utterance that is given for a specific moment that would lift people, a group of people, or an individual into a place that, that it, it would, it's still edification. Prophecy is never demonically bad. Because the simplest form of prophecy is edification, exhortation, comfort. It brings peace. It builds you up, it affirms you in Christ, and it brings comfort, peace. That's in 1 Corinthians 14. Write it down. You can read it later. Uh, but this, this, prof- this prophecy right here is a gift. It's a prophetic gift that is a, a, an utterance that's given from the Lord to, to I think, to, to catapult somebody or some bodies about what's to come for them. It's inspired utterance. To another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Now I said, these can come upon any believer. I don't know if everybody would agree with that around the world. I know they wouldn't. Because there are teachings that people say that healing's not for today. God is sovereign. He'll heal some and not others. No, that would make him a partial God. 
Did you know that Peter got rebuked by the Apostle Paul for being partial? Yep. Sure. He was corrected. Why? Because you're not acting the part. You're minimizing what we represent. Peter, what is going on, brother? And Peter straightened up. Is, is that not the word? This word. So, let me show you. Turn over a page to uh, chapter 14. Just, I just want to show you in two, two parts where you can definitely see that these gifts come upon any believer. God can use... I mean, in the Old Testament... The gift came on a donkey right. to, to give a prophetic word. It says in verse 27, 1 Corinthians 14, 27, If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three each in turn, and let one interpret. doesn't say if any apostle, if any teacher, if any pastor gives a tongue, don't everybody stand up and start trying to give that? No, no, no. Anyone. This is any individual believer speaks in a tongue, then let there be at the most two to three given interpretation. Uh, drop down to verse 31. For you can all prophesy one by one, that they all may learn and all may be encouraged. See, prophecy is always encouragement. <clears throat> it's always encouragement. I believe that the word of wisdom can display things of the future that could be a warning where you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. But, but prophecy, it's... it's it's always good. So when people start saying oh, they're giving prophetic words that are bad, or, <clears throat> I don't believe that that's a prophetic gift. I really don't. I could be wrong, but I just, everything that I read about prophecy, now, I'm not, I'm not looking at the Old Testament. There was three offices that the anointing came upon. The king, the priest, and the prophet. The prophet spoke for the Lord. So he told good things and he told bad things. But it's different in this covenant. The prophetic gift is a building gift. It's good news. It's gospel. Warnings are different. That's wisdom, I believe. Because it can tell things to come. And we're going to look at it in a moment. But you can see here, just in two simple examples, there's three gifts listed there. They can come upon different individuals. Gifts of healings. It says that he gives them individually as he wills. Not to the administrations that are listed above. Different uh, administrations, uh, different government. It, it lists out three different things going on right above there. He's not talking about those ministry gifts and how there's different administrations of them or operations of them. Diversities of how churches flow. 
We know that different churches, this is what I was talking about earlier, there's different streams. Knowing what stream that you're in is important. You know, you'll gravitate toward the thing that you probably are supposed to either be helping or you're going to grow in that anointing. God is smart like that. He's the smartest. Smartest person ever lived. Created everything. Amen. Uh, okay. I want, I want to talk about these gifts really quick. And I'm going to share, I'm going to share some things that we've learned and have seen over the years. In, in about 2014, it was 2014, I really started to seek the gifts of the Spirit. The Bible says to covet them. Yep. Earnestly desire yep. these spiritual gifts. Um, and the Apostle Paul, opening up in, in chapter 12, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, these are for believers to operate in. I do not want you to be ignorant. Well, if he didn't want the church in Corinth to be ignorant, he doesn't want the church today to be ignorant. You know. So he's, he starts to talk about these. And here's the thing about the Holy Spirit and, and these gifts and what's going on uh, and some of the churches that have, have dismissed these operations in the church or church services, or like, hey, we don't want to do that, or um, that might be a class, or that, you know. Okay, uh, and maybe it's me because I lean heavy and, and we see these things happening, but I, I will say this. Um, those men that, that were nestled into that cornerstone, that gave their lives, they would not deny truth. Jesus gave the Great Commission. It was founded on them hearing, bringing some others in, and them receiving, being endowed with, power. The promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, in fact, he said, don't go do anything and until you receive the promise of the Father, and not many days from now you will receive power from on high, then you'll go be my witnesses. Well, why do you need, why do you need power to witness? If, if church, if the body is connected to Jesus, my body movements, everything that I'm doing is because it's calculated from right here, my head. The head of the church is right here. All instruction, all instruction, every administration, every diversity of gifting, it's subject and must be subject through this word. It, you can't change it. You'll get off track. You'll start to reason things out. you try things that aren't God. No, no, no. You do things orderly. A lot of people, I think, read this book and think that Paul is saying, oh, I would rather speak uh, 10,000, five words in English than 10, or I say English, but in, in a known language, right. than, you know, 10,000 in tongues than people not understand. He is not saying to not have tongues. Mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. 
He's actually correcting structure and order in the church. Because he's saying, you're all coming and doing this, and you're all doing this, and it's confusing to people, and they're coming in, and they're like, what's going on here? And it's like, there's no structure. And that's why he's saying, if one give a word or a tongue, at the most, two to three. If one, not everybody popping up, and that's what he's, he, that, that's what he's addressing. I think a lot of people have thought, like, nobody can get up with a tongue anymore. I mean, it's, it's not even really welcomed. In fact, if somebody did it, they, now I know most of the churches that we probably would hang around and where we come from would be open to it, I would think. Um, and, and so what if somebody misses it, man? You just correct it. We're supposed to be a family, a body. The world eats their own and dog eat dog and like you're, you know, would throw a fit about something like that. No, if you're a spiritually mature person, you don't embarrass people. You just instruct what, if, if it was a mishap, you just take care of it. If you're spiritual, you cover it. And, and, and you build that person up and say, don't, listen, okay. I'm in charge of the service. That was a little off. You missed it. Here's where you missed it. Now let me talk to you about it. And you just relax. You don't do away with everything because somebody might miss it. Because the one that's made could change your whole city. Come on. I said the one that's made can change your whole city. And you, but yet you want to just not have any of it. Mm-hmm. No, I like what I, li- I like what Brother Hagen used to say. I would, re- and I know that he got it from a minister, I believe, from England, Donald G. I would rather have a little bit of wildfire than not have any at all. Yeah, that's true. Which means sometimes things break out, and you have to you have to do a little damage control and put it out. Mm-hmm. But I would rather have to be on guard for that than not have any of it. It, the, the, Jesus gave us, he sent the same spirit that raised him from the dead right. Right. to live on the inside of us and come upon us like, it did, like, like he did him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why? John 14, 12. He who believes on me and the works that I do, ye shall do also. And even greater works than these because I go into my Father. Are you going to do a greater work than Jesus? No. No, no, no. You know what he's saying there? Uh, The latter rain will be greater than the former rain. That's the harvest. He never said to pray for the harvest. In Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1, he said, pray for the rain. Do you know what he's talking about? He's talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit which we see in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. His spirit was poured out on all flesh, which the prophet Joel, there's another witness. He said in that day, he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. That's where we're at. Now, a little agricultural lesson here. Um, 
in the springtime, we'll look at the, the former rain. It's different. It's light. The latter rain is heavy. Why? Because it softens. And the harvest, if it's grown up and able to be gathered, which it is, Jesus said, look up the harvest. There's just not a lot of laborers. But the harvest is ready. Look up. Well, the fall rain, or when it's harvest time, it's a little bit more heavier, a little thicker. But the rain doesn't change just because seasons change. Rain is rain. It's the same color. It's not blue in uh, planting season and red in harvest season. It's rain. The Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit. He has just been outpoured upon all flesh, those who will receive. Why? So that we can gather harvest. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? To be a witness. Well, I, I talk about Jesus all the time and how much I love him. Yeah, well, Jesus did more than that. In fact, Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. These signs shall follow those who believe. They'll lay hands on the sick. I, I'm going to talk about this just for a brief second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some testimonies with you. Um, a lot of people, I, I see, if you ever watch any YouTube stuff, you just see people like analyzing and breaking down ministries and this and that and the other all the time. And it's like, I mean, I, you can kind of understand where people come from because they've never been taught certain things or they just take certain things at face value when you shouldn't. And sometimes you should just take it at face value, but in Mark chapter 16 and 15 through 20, when he, when he, most, you, you see a lot of people just talk about the casting out of demons and laying hands on the sick. But people get upset about the, the taking of serpents, drinking things deadly, and speaking with new tongues. Um, so, taking up serpents. I saw this guy breaking down one group and saying, well, they only talk about this. And in this group, man, they're really radical. And they hold the snakes and everything and drink cyanide. Then they get bit and they die because they're stupid. <laughs> because that's not literal. That's not literal. L look at this. What does a serpent represent? Temptation. Um... Most people think that Lucifer or Satan came in as a snake. You wouldn't call him a snake. It says he was a serpent. He's cunning. And then his punishment was to go on his belly. So I don't know that he was a snake right away. He was a serpent. He was a tempter. Did you know that in, you can find it in Matthew and you can find it in the book of Luke where Jesus is talking to Jewish fathers and he, he says to them, uh, you being carnal, know how to give good gifts to your children. 
Which one of you, if your child came to you and said, uh, Dad, oh, I'm hungry, I need a fish, would you give him a serpent? Do you know why he said that? Under the Levitical law, you could not eat anything out of the sea that did not have scales. So a serpent, if he asked for a fish, you wouldn't give him an eel to eat. Why? Because you would be tempting him to break the Levitical law. Serpent is a tempter. People just skip over this stuff. What it's saying is the temptations, the things that you have overcome, the adversity that has been in your life, since you have been set free and born again, you will step over those things every single time. When the serpents come to tempt, when, when the serpents come to preach another Jesus, you won't bite. That's, he's saying you're going to go into all the world. You'll take up those serpents. They, they, you will take them up. They won't affect you. Oh, and if you drink anything deadly, this could be twofold. Go on a mission trip. You're not used to the culture. You drink the water. You're probably out for a few days. Toilet, you know what I mean? Pepto, <laughs> Pepto-Bismol. Whatever. <laughs> but then here's the other thing, too. Jesus said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have nothing to do with me. Now, we are made whole through his body, the, the, the stripes. We're made righteous through his blood, his shed blood. So again, if you drink anything deadly, uh, if people are trying to get you to ingest another Jesus, to ingest something that is not of God. If you drink anything, if you hear things that are deadly to you, they're not going to hurt you because you know better. Why? You're not going out on the field to do these other things if you can't, if you can't see this stuff. I mean, you could try. People skip over that. Uh, and they shouldn't. It, I, don't, I don't think it's that hard to divide that. Um, I remember, I want to share a, a few of these um, gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. And share this video because this is this is important to know what something is and i'm quoting a lot of men of faith that are in heaven but sometimes it's good to know what it's not and so when i started to seek after to have understanding of the gifts i wanted to know what they were and what they're not now Two times, probably in 2016, close together, I willed something to happen. Now, the person wouldn't have known. They didn't know. But I knew. And the second time that I did it, I, I went back to my office. I, I got down on my knees. I wanted to throw up. I said, Lord, if you never use me 
with a gift because it was happening a lot. The anointing was coming in words and just, I'll share some. But, and so I'm always looking for it then, right? The word always works. Yeah. <laughs> Don't become a spiritual junkie. The word always works. And man, if the anointing shows up and, and, and a gift manifests, you know, that's not for your glory. Right. Right. <laughs> it's not for the vessel's glory. Right. It's for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, but the word always works. If you have faith, the word will work. Um, so, these gifts, I, I was really seeking after to know what they are. And um, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, special faith, gifts, all of them. Um, words of knowledge would come. I remember this, uh, the, a buddy of mine, he was teaching at a, at a uh, technical college. And he's like, hey, are you going to be at the service tonight? Because I'm bringing this kid from, from the college. And he's an atheist. And can you talk to him? I'm like, okay. Like, well, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> I didn't know what to expect, right? So after service, text me or whatever. I go over and, hey, you know. It was awkward for a second. So this this kid starts to talk to me, and he is brilliant in college. And he's talking all these scientific things, and I've got nothing. The only thing I knew about him was my buddy told me that he lost his parents when he was probably about five or six. That's the only thing I knew about him. But I wasn't even thinking about that until he is just writing all this stuff. And I'm like, I, I can't compete with that. I, I have no idea how to respond to this person who my buddy wants to, like, get him into church and get him saved. You know, he's praying for him. He's bringing him. And, this, and here it is, man, just, you know, colleges. Um, you can't compete with it. But the Lord can. And the word came. The word of the Lord came. And this boldness came. And I said, hey, you lost your parents when you were younger. And it affected you really bad. And you keep telling the Lord, if you're real, show yourself to me. Tell me I'm lying. I mean, just sometimes you're just almost beside yourself. And he was like this. Yeah, I did that. I said, well, this is what the Lord says. You take a step towards him, he'll finish the process. It was nice meeting you. If you ever want to get together, and I was out. A lot of times when the gifts are in manifestation, you won't know what I have found. Is that you'll be being used by the Lord, and you're like, oh, I'm, this is happening right now. This is what I've seen demonstrate. This is what I've, I've learned. This is what I've been taught. This is, oh, the Lord's using me right now. 
I've got a word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Uh, one, um, one lady, this is a word, this is a word of knowledge and, and, a, and a word of wisdom together. And a lot of these gifts will work together. Um, I, I do want to say this before I tell the, the, this story. What the gifts are and what they're not. And, and how do you know if someone's operating with the, with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, or if they're operating with another spirit? Because Scripture talks about the preaching of another Jesus, and he says, if anybody preached to you another gospel than the one that we've preached, uh, you might put up with it, and you might take another spirit. So there's that. I wanted to read this from the uh, NLT. In verse 7 of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, NLT, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Again, these are believers. It is to keep the body of Christ healthy. But if uh, down in midway down of verse 10, the way the NLT says it, uh, he gives someone else the ability to discern, so discerning of spirits, to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. I like the way that it's put there in the NLT discerning of spirits. What are you listening to? And, and the reason why I brought that up is because how do you know if the gifts are in manifestation or if it's something else? Here's a really quick litmus test. The gifts of the spirit, God is always going to give to the people. It's never going to take. The ministry gift will never take from the people. If you are a servant of God and you reside in an office for his representation, God is a giver. He doesn't need anything from you. And neither does the vessel that he's using. Brother Hagin tells this story of this man that he didn't know, but this guy's traveling around and he's got words of knowledge and operation but he wasn't listening to the holy spirit it was a familiar spirit and one of the big stories was this he told a man that he had a nine carat diamond in a safe at his house told him his address told him what the safe combination was and the lord says you you should give that to me for our ministry guys like that's got to be god went home got it gave it to him skipped to the next town then they got a telegram not an instagram back in the day they got a telegram isn't that wild? Yeah. It's like, you know, 60 years ago probably, whatever, 70. Uh, <laughs> telegram in the neck. That town, that guy's not, he's not good. And he's like, the guy's like, I lost my, my, that was my dad's heirloom to me. I gave it to him. I thought it was the Lord. No, no, no. Ministers don't take from people. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. They give. Right. Always. Always. That was a familiar spirit. The guy got ripped off. So that's, put that in your pocket forever. If you hear somebody and they're doing this thing and it's like, man, they're right on, but it takes from you, they ain't on. (laughs) They're batting for the other team. Now here's the thing too, what he said about, that he heard about this gentleman was, 
one night he would be operating with the gifts of the Spirit. And the next night he'd be operating in familiar spirits. People can get off track. Um, this woman, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Wisdom, word of wisdom would be a, 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 a foretelling. Wisdom on how to do something to come. Right. Most people would say, well, that's, you're, you're given a prophecy. No, a word of wisdom is, is a direction that you, you should take right. or not take. This, uh, I went over to visit this, this young guy. He's like 24 years old. He had cancer. And he was a Christian. The, the family, I think maybe they were, but he was, and he was dying. Um, and he did go home to be with the Lord. And I, I did the funeral service. And it was, it was really rough on that family. And the mom, he had a sister, <clears throat> sweet family. So I did the funeral and, you know, lost contact with them uh, 11 months later because it was going to be close to the date that he had passed. She, she called and said, hey, we're going to do a memorial service for Tyler. Can, can you come and pray we're going to have food at a pavilion, and you can bring your whole family. And um, I, I just, I would just like if you would come and say a few words and, and pray. I said, sure, I'll do it. So it was after, a, it was on a Sunday after service. So Saturday, I was at the office, and, and I was just seeking the Lord on what am I, I'm writing some things down, like, what, what, should, I, what should I say? You know, what would do justice for the Lord here in this situation? be good for the family because this this memorial service was her letting her grieving go she was going to move on right and so when I Saturday as I was preparing the Lord said to me it was at 3 30 because I looked at my computer clock said uh she has gone to see a medium and you need to tell her tomorrow that that is not from me, and she's not to do that ever again. I said, what? How am I going to say something like that? Seriously, sitting right here, just sitting at my desk on the computer, I heard the Lord so plain as that, and I was like this. What? How do you suppose I'm going to say something like that? This was my face. <laughs> and I sat there for about 60 seconds. And then I just moved on, and I forgot about it. I didn't remember it the rest of the night. I woke up on Sunday, went to church, didn't remember it, went about my business, didn't, went to the park, didn't remember it. They had balloons. They were writing stuff on there, let them go, went up on this hill. And she said, hey, I'm going to read this, and I might not get through it. Can you stand by me? And if I don't, I'll, I'll give it to you. You can finish it. I said, you'll get through it. But yeah, I'll stand by you. So she reads her thing. She gets through it. And then I said some things and I prayed. And we let the balloons go. I still didn't remember this. We start walking down the hill. And I'm walking with the mom. And she starts to talk to me. And she says, hey, I wanted to ask you a question. I went to, and I said, stop, 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 stop. shut up right now. I said, I, I know this seems really rude right now, but just give me a second. Don't say anything. 
I said, I was preparing for this yesterday. And the Lord said to me that you went to see a medium, and that's not from him, and you are never do that again. Okay, what do you want to tell me? <laughs> she said, uh, she looked at me so perplexed. Yeah, I, I, I did. And I could tell. You know, I could tell what happened. It was, it was, the Lord just showed me things. I said, hey, I'm going to tell you a few things. And you may hate me. You may tell me to leave. You may say that you never want to see my face again. And I'm okay with that. But I love you. Yeah. And so I'm going to tell you the truth of the matter. I said, let me guess. You went to see this medium, and she knew things about Tyler that nobody would know. Well, yeah, that's right. I said, and it brought you comfort. Yeah. And uh, you had to pay. Yeah, I did. And they invited you back, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. I said, yeah, that's, and I, I broke it down a little bit to her. I said, she's operating with familiar spirits. See, this medium told her that her son became an angel and was doing these things. And I said, ma'am, human beings are not angels. Right. And angels aren't human beings. Right. Tyler is not an angel. Tyler is a human being who's in heaven. He's not down here doing anything. She was talking to a familiar spirit, a demonic presence. What that is, you don't have to be afraid of it. These are spirits that study human beings because they're trying to infiltrate God's creation if if they can. So they study human beings. And so when these things happen... If people are lined up with that kind of witchcraft, that kind of, you know, in tune with that, that spirit will come and speak. They'll hear, and that's what you heard. You can't do that. She didn't kick me out. We had moved then, and I lost touch with her. We went home, and it was probably another year later, and I ran into... Tyler's sister, her daughter, and she had a baby. I said, how are your parents doing? She's like, oh my gosh, my mom's like a whole brand new person, and you know, the grandbaby, and she helps me out so much. She's like, man, I could tell. It was like a a, a fresh start for her having a grandbaby, and that she was good. She wasn't messing with that, and I talked about church and all that stuff, and so when you, these, these things that we have e- equipment with, it's, it, it's in the, there's things that we, it says to desire spiritual gifts. Right. Covet these gifts. Yeah. Covet them. The Bible says don't be covetous. He wants you to be covetous about his power. True. He just doesn't want you to get out of sort with it. He doesn't want you to try to make it happen. He wants you to seek his will on the matter. And Lord, could you give me wisdom and understanding on how to flow with the Holy Spirit? That's what it is. That was a word of wisdom for her, word of knowledge. Uh, I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to give you two more. Here's a working of a miracle. Uh, Acts chapter 19. 
verse 11 and 12. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. That when he laid his hands on handkerchiefs and aprons, and those were taken out to the sick, or those who were possessed with the demon, when it touched their skin, every manner of sickness and disease left their body. Any demonic possession fled from the person, and they were set free. They were healed. That was a miracle. We got a call last July. It was July 4th. Uh, friends of ours, friends, well, we knew each other, but we didn't know them well. So friends of ours called and said, hey, do you have any prayer cloths at your house? I said, yeah, I do. Thank you, Sue. I said, yeah, I do. And so I got a little bit of the story, and I said, hey, I'm going home right now. Uh, I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to pray over the prayer cloth, and I will text you. I'll put it, I'll stash it somewhere in a bag, and I'll text you, because then I was going to go meet back up with my family. So I went home, and I sat down with my, with my Bible and a note card and a prayer cloth. And I said, I really sought the Lord, because outside of a service, where the anointing is flowing, and we've sent prayer cloths out, and they get, and there's results. Those miracles happen. And they set the captive free. I mean, that's real. These are real things, scriptural. But I never, uh, apart from already being under the anointing, had never done a prayer cloth like that. So I sat down, and I started to seek the Lord. What do you, Lord? How do I pray into this prayer cloth? And no audible voice, but he, he started to give me some things to say specifically as I laid my hands on that cloth. And I wrote down on a note card, and I haven't done this every time, but I've done it a few times since at the leading of the Lord. But he told me to use his proper name. He said, write down my name, Yahweh, Yeshua Messiah, in the name of. Use my proper name. Just certain things like that. Now, I'm not making a doctrine out of it. It's just right. what he led me to do. Right. And I said, put some scripture on there and laid my hands on that cloth. Put it in a little Ziploc bag. Stashed it. She came and got it. She took it to the hospital. Here's what happened. A guy my age woke up in the morning, was out of sort, lost feeling in his legs, couldn't walk really messed up, right? Had to call 911, went to the hospital. Longer story shorter, had a stroke. Mini strokes, whatever. He didn't get the MRI until after... Did he have the prayer cloth yet? Or did he have the MRI first? He did have the MRI first. He got the MRI, but the doctor wasn't going to come in and read it until the next day. He got the prayer cloth, and he put it under his hat at the hospital. So then that time passed, and when the doctor came the next day, he was up walking around. He could not walk. He was normal. And the doctor's reading this thing, and he says, um, I have never seen what I see here and what you're doing already. That doesn't happen. 
They sent him home that day with some, with some blood thinners. And he's been fine ever since. Now, this, here's the amazing part, okay? Demonstrations. Seeking the Lord. The Holy Spirit showing you things. Teaching you things. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. Men can't teach you this. You can't go try to do this because you're hearing a story from a fellow minister or a fellow brother in, in the Lord. You can seek the Lord on a matter. The Holy Spirit might lead you in a similar direction or whatever, but you don't just go try to make it do that. Right. Understand that. That's important. Uh, so I told you, he put it under his hat. The Lord impressed on my heart. I said to Courtney, I said, hey, can you call his wife and ask if he noticed a difference? Was it the prayer cloth? Would he say that when I got the prayer, was that it? She, and Courtney's like, oh, we don't need to do that. We know God's working in this. And I said, no, I, I, you need to do it, please. She's like, okay. So she calls the wife, and the wife said, well, I'll ask him. And I'll call you back. Well, so she tells Courtney the story later, but what happened was she hung up the phone and she said, uh, so-and-so, Courtney called, and they, they wanted to know, Chris wanted to know about the prayer cloth. Did, was it the prayer cloth? Did you see a difference? He said, well, I had a lot of people praying for me. You know, I don't want to negate that or whatever, but he said, but you know what? Don't call her back. Give me an hour. I'm doing an experiment. And his wife's like, I'm sorry, what? You're doing it a what? She's like, just give me an hour. Okay. Apparently at the hospital, he started to feel symptoms. He had taken his hat off. Got the prayer cloth, put the hat back on, symptoms left. So when he got home and we had asked the question, he said, I'm doing an experiment. Well, his experiment was going to be this. He went out into his backyard because he still had the prayer cloth. He went out in his backyard, and he's praying and talking. He takes off the prayer cloth. The symptoms start to come back. Puts it back on, they leave. He does that twice, goes back in, says, call her, it's a prayer cloth. You say, well, why? When, when could he get rid of the prayer cloth? After I found out that it worked like that? Yeah. How do, you, how do you convey to people, uh, hey, um, this will go forth, right. and it will continue, because we've seen and heard it. Uh, whether it's right to you, that we listen to you or to God, you be the judge. But we cannot stop but telling the things that we have seen right. and have heard done. Amen. People are not going to stop me from praying in the prayer cloths. I know that they work a hundred percent. Why? Because it's God's word. Now, will I do it that same way every time? No. I'd, usually, it's from a service, and some somebody's family member's not there, and we just the anointing's flowing, and we curse the thing that they're dealing with, and they send it. And it's the same thing that we see in the scripture. Uh, he who believes on me and the works that I do. Ye shall do also. Why? Because I go unto my Father. He sent the promise of the Father. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Because Paul's the one who's sending out the handkerchiefs. 
although people were touching Jesus' clothes. We know the anointing goes in the cloth. That was the working of a miracle. Understand that? Because it's called a miracle. It was worked. It was presented. It came forth. No damage. Um, tongues and interpretation to tongues. And I, I'm, just, I'm just sharing these with you. I've experienced them all. On a regular, not all. But more than a few on a regular. And that could be part of the ministry gift, the office that we sit in, you know? It's not a braggadocious thing. It's a responsibility. Right. I, 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 I reverence the Lord with it. I give Him the glory every time. It's, I am a vessel. You know, part of my personality and, and seeking that, God put that in me. He put that there. And then He's entrusting me with something. He's entrusting Courtney with something. And even my kids being around, he's entrusting this. This is not our ministry. This is a part of his body. This is his ministry. He asked us to steward it. Um, I was ministering at a uh, step-down unit of a jail where you would go in and, you know, they had cells, but they could... Uh, go away for work and come back and some of them and they were, had different color uh, lanyards to see what level they were at and um, I got to go in there and minister and it was fun I'd go in there and I would talk to the guys we we got to go into the barracks <clears throat> and there was like a little lounge area TV and guys would be watching TV Judge Judy or something like that uh, it was just, uh, they'd be watching some were in another room, they'd be playing cards, some would be playing ping pong, and, but I'd just go around and say, hey, you're gonna come to chapel? I'd introduce myself, I, I want everybody to come, all the time. And um, this one time, this wasn't the same night, but this is a good little mini story. This one, they were playing ping pong, and I said, hey, I'll play you in ping pong, we'll just play the three real quick, because chapel's gonna start, and if I beat you, you have to come to chapel. And they're like, <laughs> okay. And then they're like, here's your paddle. And I kid you not, it was this big, and it was tore off of a hard book back. Like a hard book, uh, a, a book, a hard book. Am I saying that right? Yeah, hardcover book. Yeah, it was like this, that size, and that was my paddle. But it was hardback. I was like, all right. So he got the first point. I'm like, oh, man. And then I was like, bam, bam, got the next two points. I was like, you got to come to chapel. He didn't even come. <laughs> I was like, what a buster. <laughs> so I gave his friend a pair of, I took off my shoes and gave his friend a pair of, I had a pair of Jordan, retro Jordan infrared sixes. Teach you not to come to our chapel. <laughs> I really did that. Just took them off and gave to him. You, you know, doing things like that for people, like, I really did like those shoes. A friend got them for me. And I thought they were really tight, you know? But, man, when you're, when you're just loving on people yeah. and somebody admires something, like, man, I like those shoes. You do what size you wear. It, here you go. Like, 
What, what is that? In the scope of eternity, those Jordans would have already been right. trashed. <laughs> Don't lay up rewards here. I'm going to sit in a, I'm not going to sit on, have a special room for tennis shoes. I'll get them up there if we have to wear them. <laughs> but uh, this one night, you know, I'm talking to all the guys and they, you know, it's lock in, lock out. They open the door, everybody's going. This night, this particular night, it was a bigger crowd. 25 guys came. And on my, my way to go, there was this guy. I didn't see him earlier. I didn't recognize him. In fact, this was a Tuesday. He had just got there on Friday. And he's sitting in this chair. And he's got this bright, he's a black gentleman, handsome fellow, had a uh, orange, bright orange, neon orange shirt on, and he's just chilling. TV. I said, hey, brother. I'm Chris. You want to come to chapel? We're all going to chapel right now. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll come. I was like, okay, well, we're going now. He goes, I got to make a phone call. I said, oh, you're not going to come. He's like, I'll come. We got to go. I got to make this phone call. Well, they're not going to let you come in. They'll let me come in. Are you sure? Bro, just, just come. I got to make this call. All right. I hope you can come. So I was like, I didn't think he was going to come. So we had this guy, Mike Allen. He's playing a song, and it's just, everything's just thrown together. And uh, he finishes the worship song. And I get to teach that night. Here, here, this guy comes, man. He, he came in at the end of the worship song. He sat in the back corner. He was the 25th guy there that night. And uh, there was four of us serving. And I, I, uh, We started to minister on healing. Imagine that. <laughs> I just always revert to praying for people. But I said, hey, I, I gave a short message, and I said, hey, uh, Steve and I are going to come around and start praying for people. And Steve's like, we are? <laughs> like, yeah, we're going to pray for people. And so, and he was anointed, you know, but he just cut, catch you off guard and so we started praying for people, and guys' knee got healed, and just things were happening. And I worked my way back to that gentleman, right? And where my son is, when I got to about within three feet of his little bubble, something changed. I mean, changed. And it was, I mean, the anointing was so thick and strong, uh, but it, like, increased significantly when I got there. To pray for him, because I, I think, I think 22 people stood up for prayer out of the 25, and he was one of them. And when I got into that his little sphere, it just hit me like that. I couldn't speak in English. I couldn't articulate. I wasn't trying to make it happen. I just when I wanted to go pray or ask him something, it was like, and tongues was there. Now. I had to yield to it, right. and I did. So I just started ripping off tongues. Just, here it comes. And then, oh man, I always forget to tell this part. So that service, we, get, we would always meet at 7.15, go in by 7.30. I'm driving there. Courtney and the kids are taking a trip with family. They're in Florida, so I'm all by myself. I stop at this sporting goods store to get his apprentice hunting license. 
It's, I pull in, the store called Kames. I pull in, and as soon as I shut off the engine, the Lord said, I'm going to show you something tonight. It was 6.30. And I sat there. I was like, okay. And I was w- just waiting to see if he's going to say something else. I waited for probably another 60 seconds, and I, I didn't hear anything. I was like, I got out, forgot all about it. Okay? This whole thing, tongues. Okay, back to the story. Tongues, and I, I'm telling you, the interpretation came, but it, it, it's like I felt it come from heaven. Like it just, it just like, shh. Boom. The interpretation came. And I can't tell you all that I said to him. But then I laid hands on him and said, receive that in Jesus' name. And if he'd have known any better and the yielding, because he almost we almost just crashed anyway. Well, he could have had a really good time, but he did anyway. Anyway, it was so strong. And I went back. And when you, whenever you minister in the prisons, in the jail, you always do rededication first mm-hmm. so that you know who's actually really getting born again for the first time. That's how I was taught. And uh, so I said, hey, if you, you know, if you've been away from the Lord and you want to rededicate your life, you know, just raise your hand. We're going to pray. Guys raise their hand. And then I said, now, if you've never received the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, never received him. And you, and you want to, raise your hand. Three guys raised their hand that night. He was one of them. It, it boggled my mind. It's like, you know, I was almost beside myself because I was like, first time salvation. And the whole tongues thing, right? That's it. Now, I did not remember what the Lord said to me. Uh, so I said a prayer, and then I beelined him. I said, hey, You've never been born again? I said, no. I said, um, well, you've been to church, though. No, I ain't never been to church. It was your family goes to church. Nobody in my family go to church. I said, but you've heard the gospel. I mean, you've heard of Jesus. I've never heard anything like that in my life. This guy's living in Ohio. <laughs> you, you'd think we were in, like, Tanzania or something. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, like down in Peru off some island. Like, you never heard of Jesus? I'm telling you. Yeah. People in this country need Jesus. So true. They haven't heard. It's so true. They haven't heard. It's so, true. so, and that baffled me, but I said, okay, so when I came back to you, you didn't know what was going on, like anything. I, I was, you didn't understand what, what I was saying or nothing. You said, no. I said, but then... I did start to speak to you in English, and that meant something to you, yeah? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That meant something to me. I said, that was directly from heaven to you from, from the Lord. I said, don't you ever forget that. That's a whole different teaching. And you, it's, you're on a time restraint. So I was like talking to him as we're like, well, I want to get all of this. And it's like, you got to go, man, or you're staying the night. Uh, so I gather that information. And um, I went home. I didn't remember what the Lord said. Because this is the first time that ever happened to me. This was in uh, 2000 and 
It was April of 2000, April or May of 2017. I think it was April when you guys went, spring break. Um, so I just went to bed. I woke up at 6.30 to get ready for work, and it was quiet because nobody was there. I woke up 6.30, and I heard the Lord say this. Remember, tongues, interpretation of tongues, is a sign to the unbeliever. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 22. And this stuff has been taken and just pushed to the side. But yet, for the unbelievers, it'll be confusing. That's not what Paul was talking about. He was talking about things being structured and in order. Not not do it. What if I thought, nobody's going to know what, what I'm, I mean, the Lord walked me into that. Why? Because I had been seeking understanding. Lord, I want to know what these things are. Yeah. But he put that in me. And now I want to tell, I want to, I want to tell people, hey, th- these are real. Just, just ask the Lord. He'll right. show you. Right. He'll show you. And this is not what it is. You don't take from people. Don't try to make something happen. Don't try to guess what's going on with them. It'll be there. Here. Mm. It's not here. Right. Rivers of living water mm. shall flow from your belly. Your mind is renewed to the word, so you can, you'll, you'll know, like, I'm getting this, but how am I getting it? This is the Lord, and it's a blessing. You're being used by the Lord. These are for today. They're for today, and they're for every believer. I truly believe when Jesus said, uh, ask, seek, knock. I, I, I think that most believers do this. They ask, what, what am I going to do? And the Lord's, the Lord's not hiding it. He's going to tell you what he created you to do. You get your answer. And then they're like, I'm not going to seek. I'm going to knock on that door. You can't skip the seeking. Because it's in the time of seeking where you're prepared. When you stop and you say, okay, how do I do this? How do I do that? I want understanding of this. When you see yourself in that anointed place doing what it is that God told you to do, it could be running your own business. It could be having a storefront. It could be, like, it's not just this ministry place here, but what is it that God has anointed you to do? You, You might be good at baking cakes. Open a bakery. Be the best baker in your town. And, and glorify the Lord. Amen. To every customer that comes in with a bad attitude, you're, you're steady. Yes. You're full of joy, peace, patience, yes. kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Why? Because it all hinges on love. Yeah. And that's who you are. You're just like the Lord. That glorifies God. There's an anointed place there. But nobody can teach you that that's an anointed place. But guess what? When you ask and seek... Those things will happen, what, just in the church? Just when you go to minister? No. These things happen outside all the time. We, we have tons of testimonies. I was just hitting some highlights of ones that I wrote down, but the point that we need to take is this. What the Lord has called you to do, you, you ask, There's a seeking and a preparation time. 
And you can move quickly with him, or you can just mess around. But remember this. King Solomon. When the Lord said, what do you want? He said, well, you've made me the king over your people. I have no idea how to run a kingdom. I ask you for the wisdom to take care of your people. And the Lord said, wow. It impressed him. He said, that's the right heart. That's the heart of your father. That's my heart. And because you asked for that, I'm going to give you everything else. Man, that seeking time with the Lord. And, and we still do it. We have to. Because right. we go from glory to glory, faith to faith. Right. God is a God of increase of all areas. Especially when it comes to understanding Him. That fellowship. You can't, we, we, we can't skip the seeking part. Because if you do, those doors won't open. You want to know why? Because he's not going to let you get embarrassed. He's not going to have you walk through something that you're not prepared for. And you'll frustrate your grace. Because you know, I heard from God, and I see other people doing it. But you have to be willing to do what they did in whatever time frame God has for you. And it's all contingent on just fellowship with him. He knows. He knows. And he'll equip you. Those things that I just talked about today, they are so vital for today, for the world that we live in. We see them happen all the time. Does it follow our ministry? Yes. I believe it. I know it. I'm not going to lie and try to be humble or whatever. It is a place of humility. Anybody that knows that God has anointed them to do something, it's a place of humility. Right. I don't care if you're uh, uh, speaking for the Lord or if you're running a $5 million outfit. If you're, when you know that you're connected with the Lord, you are in a place of humility. Because you know just as well as I do, when you get outside of that, you're unsafe. Right. It's a scary place to, to be. It's, you, you, that's the fear of God. Like, oh, Lord, I don't want to mess this up. This is yours. Remember when Jesus talked about the managers? He was always telling us of our, of our job. You're taking care of my stuff while I go away, and then when the master comes back, I'm going to see what you did. That's what he's talking about. Right. This isn't ours. It's all him. Um, so that when you do knock, and those opportunities do come. Because he'll open doors no man can shut. And he'll shut doors no man can open. Right. He knows where you need to be, when you need to be there, and what time you need to be there. Yeah. What year you're going to be there. Right. Just fellowship, man. And the, he'll start opening up things and you'll be like, whoa. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tanny Love Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit us online at www.tannylovechurch.com. And you can also check us out on social media, on Instagram and Facebook.